Season 2, Episode 8 of the Talking Ball Y'all Podcast, brought to you by Mugshots Grill and Bar, Katie Cake and Company, Pearl River Community College, Stonewalls Barbecue and Catering, Bank Plus, and Advantage Insurance Company. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, y'all, to the Columbus Day edition of the Talking Ball Y'all Podcast. Clay Sweet. And as always, the co-host, engineer, producer, and uh, a lot of other hats that he wears, Jeff Lysette, sitting across the table from me. And uh, Jeff, a little different for us. Uh, you're a morning person. I'll usually wound into the morning about <laughs> 1030, but we've got our coffee and we're, uh, we're recording here on a Sunday morning before church. So uh, this should be interesting for our listeners as... Uh, we both have our coffee and our notes, and we're ready to rock and roll, man. What a time to be alive for sports fans. Is uh, Got a lot going on, Jeff. Football, of course, uh, has led the way for us through these past, I guess, five or six right. episodes. That, that will be the same uh, again today as we get into our roundtable. And our roundtable, we try to take a look around locally. We're based here in Picayune out of Pearl River County, so we always touch on our uh, three – local high schools, a little bit more in-depth than the rest of the state, but then we try to hit on uh, what's going on around the rest of the state. Uh, we always look back to that prior Thursday night and your junior college action, of course, uh, anchored here with Pearl River Community College in our own backyard. We always touch on them. And then uh, Gulf Coast and Jones and with what East Mississippi has done in that league. So we try to give our listeners, and, and we appreciate y'all uh, hanging with us and our listeners that have been with us from the start know uh, that we try to give you a pretty wide uh, view of what's going wrong long. Uh, across the state of Mississippi and so uh, Jeff we look forward to getting into some more of that today. Yeah we're going to be a little different as you mentioned today uh, more of a roundtable type discussion about the local sports and, and stuff that you that you just mentioned and then um, toward the end of the podcast we're going to actually do something that we don't uh, often do a lot we're going to talk about ourselves how to how to become a sponsor how to listen how to find us uh, if you're interested and, and want to get the uh, get the information that we are producing. So that's basically what this podcast is going to be, just a sports talk and then talk about talking ball. Sounds fun to me, Jeff. Let's jump right into our roundtable. And as we always do, we'll look back uh, to Thursday night in the junior college action. Yep, this JUCO uh, spot in the, the roundtable discussion will be brought to you by uh, Stonewalls Barbecue and Catering. Uh, going back to this past Thursday uh, Jones Junior College and at Pearl River Community College. Uh, Jones coming in number seventh uh, in the nation. Uh, wins big up at up at Poplarville, forty-eight to seven. Jones is now five and one uh, overall, four and zero uh, in that uh, district play. that's split into two districts for Mississippi JUCO and uh, big night for Jones. Uh, they got that ball team uh, rolling kind of good right there in Ellisville. Yeah, Jones a really quality uh, club. Uh, I've paid a, a little bit more attention to them uh, with DJ Travis, a former Popperville guy, playing in their defensive secondary. But they've got two running backs, Jeff, uh, Granberry, and then a, a guy that kind of splits and helps him in the backfield there. And they are both Division One running backs in that backfield for Jones. And as you said, ranked number seven, uh, probably going to win. Well, I shouldn't say that. Gulf Coast has uh, had a quarterback change, and they moved the ball well this past week. But going to definitely be a contender to come out of that South 
division and have a chance to possibly knock off the next team. We'll talk about the number one <laughs> East Mississippi, number one East Mississippi Lions. They had a big victory, 34-6, to six, over the number two-ranked right. nationally Northwest Club. You got a number two-ranked uh, club, and you beat them 34-6, to six, and it was never close. Uh, followed it along online, and uh, they never even threatened East Mississippi. Yeah, Coach Buddy Stevens has, has built a – uh, a program, and that, and that's the only word to describe that is a program right there in a little town of Scuba, just north of Meridian, and uh, really kind of put the whole town on the map, winning the national championships uh, the way he did, and and beating ball clubs like this, thirty-four to six, in the fashion that uh, East uh, has done, just built a program and just kind of put a pin dot on the map right there in Scuba. Yeah, just unreal the success that. Uh, they've had there and uh, doesn't look to be slowing down at all um, anytime soon as they just continue to roll. And then we mentioned them earlier um, just a moment ago. Gulf Coast beat Southwest 56-7. to Gulf Coast made a quarterback change and uh, the new quarterback, a kid out of the uh, Jackson area, threw for six touchdowns this past week. And so Perk moved the ball, um, and that's a good team. They've got a lot of uh, talent on that club. And so it'll be interesting going down the stretch in that South Division play. You've got Jones, Perk, Colin, some good teams, the uh, usual suspects, so to speak, and who can come out of that South Division. That playoff setup is you play one one game, and then you'll play for the state title. And uh, – Unless something crazy happens, you would be playing East Mississippi in that state title. East would try to win that and then go on and play for the national championship. So it'd be um, pretty interesting to see if anybody can come out of that South and beat East. Yep, and then just to go back uh, for some upcoming games, Jones uh, will be at Northeast this Thursday, 6.30 kickoff. Uh, Pro River Community College will be at Southwest. It starts their Saturday's play. They'll be there Saturday uh october 13th and they will kick off at five and then gulf coast will be uh at home coming back home and will face east central this thursday at seven so uh, a lot of games right there for juco as you uh as you just mentioned it's kind of winding down juco season it's still 90 degrees outside but football starting to wind down as far as the juco level and then you'll get into the uh, get into the playoff aspect of that um so we're going to go right into some high school action uh the high school spot of this uh Roundtable will be brought to you by Bank Plus and Clay, a game that we were uh, fortunate to call this past Friday night. Had some technical difficulties on the on WRJW uh, calling it, but it actually turned out, if you go listen uh, back at the archive, actually turned out to be fairly uh, a good broadcast. So, But Popperville, the Popperville Hornets defeated the Forest County Aggies 62-6 to for homecoming. Um, 6-1 overall, 2-0 in the district after defeating a Greene County team a week ago. Another tough uh, division opponent for Popperville. Uh, but Popperville's got their, row, uh, their road laid out for them right now. Summerall coming into the Hornets' nest next week at Purvis and then home to Lawrence County, who looks to be an improved ball club uh, from a year ago. Absolutely. All their goals still right in front of them for that Popperville club. And uh, offensively, Jeff, you look at what they've done over the last few weeks. Uh, got held to just three points against Greene County uh, just a, a week ago in that first half. But other than that half of play, they have been uh, tremendous. That defense led by Coach Story, uh, defensive coordinator, once again, very good on Friday night. And 
62 points. So the start of dancing early there for homecoming did Popperville and that wing T formation have sprinkled in some shotgun formation under new offensive coordinator Micah Hickman and uh, just a lot to prepare for when you are coming in trying to beat this Popperville team and that's what Summerall as you mentioned will try to do. Summerall came in to Friday night undefeated and you said Lawrence County was improved and I had to kind of wait and see on that. Right. I was anxious to see what they did Friday night. Well they beat Summerall and uh, erased that perfect record and so Popperville will catch a Summerall team after their first loss of the year, their first region loss, and they will catch them in a bad mood ready to play Friday night in the Hornet's Nest. And Summerall 7-1 and one now will face a Popperville 6-1 club at the Hornet's Nest. If you're not uh, already <laughs> obligated to something on Friday night, that'd be a heck of a spot to be a Friday night in Popperville. That will be a fun ball game to call. Well, and it's going to be a standard district game, I say, but it's going to have a playoff atmosphere type setting at the Hornet's Nest. And then Summerall, you know, we you just spoke on Summerall, Lawrence County beating Summerall this past Friday night. But a, a player, a young man at Summerall, Dennis Jackson, who has heard from coast to north for the whole state of the Mississippi, uh, people have heard the name Dennis Jackson. So we will see in person what uh, he is able to going to bring to Summerall uh, for Summerall against Popperville. Yeah, Dennis Jackson, a kid that's committed to Ole Miss, was uh, just a wide uh, wide receiver and punt returner and kick returner a year ago. They've uh, because of injury had to move him to the quarterback position, and what a move it's been. He's accounted for over uh, thirteen hundred total yards and fourteen touchdowns for that offense, and so he makes them go. And um, when you look at the Under Armour All-American game, he's, uh, he's going to be one of those guys. He's nationally a top-end recruit, and so can't wait to see how that Popperville defense kind of matches up against Dennis. The way our ends, and I say ours because we're there on Friday nights with Popperville, but Hart and Barnes coming off of those ends, and then when you look at the way Ross Barnett runs to the football from his linebacker position, you would think that they're going to be able to contain him, but in high school football, one special player can make a big difference on Friday night. And I, as you can hear, I just can't wait to see this game on Friday. Yep, and you mentioned Ross Barnett. The uh, roster came out this past week for the Alabama-Mississippi, the Under Armour All-American, the different, um, I guess you would say, all-star kind of rosters for the state. And then the 2018 Bernard Blackwell Classic all-star roster came out. And congratulations to Ross Barnett from Popperville making that squad. Uh, you mentioned him. Uh, he's definitely earned it. Uh, a great asset to that Popperville Hornet defense. Absolutely. And um, just looking at the numbers from Max Preps, uh, they haven't been uh, updated yet, Popperville coaching staff. They have not been opened, <laughs> updated just yet. But Ross is going to go into that summer all-ball game with seven games play well north of uh, 80 tackles, probably around 90 tackles. He's led the team in tackles a year ago as a junior, uh, take, taking right where he left off his senior year. Two other guys to mention in that Bernard Blackwell game, another linebacker from, from this area, Trenton Ladner, and then Brooks Rayburn for the Hancock Hawks. Two talented guys when we have uh, Neil Lawler on uh, – 
a friend of the podcast, the head coach down at Hancock. He bo- he praised both of those right. kids, and and that's come to fruition uh, with some of the college offers that they've gotten, and then also their placement in that All Star game. You know, and another uh, Ross Barnett uh, setting on the defensive side for that. Uh, Bernard Blackwell class. It's going to look to the sideline and see a familiar face. Congratulations once again to uh, Popperville head coach Jay Beach, who was announced as an assistant coach to that roster. So Popperville going to be uh, represented uh, pretty well in that all-star game. Another uh, game from this past Friday night, Hattiesburg, still rolling. Number one, if, if I'm not mistaken, they were still number one in the state. Uh, beats uh, Pearl River Central Blue Devils 60-7. to And uh, – you can't say enough about Hattiesburg. We've had Coach Tony Vance on, another friend of the podcast, talking. And that offense, he's got the quarterback, running backs uh, for that offense, many of them committing to D1 schools. There's a list, you know, of where they're going. So Hattiesburg keeps it rolling 60-7. to seven. Yeah, you look at that um, Hattiesburg game, and uh, not for us to say it. I mean, as you said, the, the voters and the people that put these polls out have – listed them either number one or number two right. across the state. Just following along, looking at Twitter, apparently Rick Cleveland was at the ball game on Friday night. Uh, kind of was a, the sports authority in the state of Mississippi to meet a legendary uh, sports writer, uh, a former guest on this podcast. And just following along, looking at what he put as his eyes laid uh, as he laid his eyes on that Hattiesburg team. And he he put something to the effect, to beat Hattiesburg, you're going to have to really go a ways in 5A right. and going to have to have uh, superior team speed. He, he said, in his own words, one of the faster ha- uh, high school teams that he's ever seen. And now, Rick Cleveland's seen from, a ton of high school football teams. Yeah, so, coming from Rick, that's that says a lot. Yeah, I'm just talking to uh, Jeremy Shesby on his way home from uh, calling that action with the Pearl River uh, Pro River Central radio crew, he, he just said, you know, Hattiesburg's just, just what you think they are, just dominant at a lot of uh, positions, and um, they just continue to roll. Pro River Central going to have to shake that off. Uh, they, they have big games coming up, Jeff, that you'll talk about. They're still in the hunt, still right. in a fight to try to maybe secure that, that four seed and make a playoff. Uh, game, which would be huge in Coach uh, Jacob Owen's first year there for the Blue Devils. Yep, there's some things that's going to have to shake out. They've got to take care of their own business on their side of the ball and then maybe have some help later on. Of course, that's the way it always is when it gets down to uh, playoff uh, seeding uh, for the district. But PRC is going to come home uh, this Friday night and face West Harrison. So uh, the bounce back to see how the kids respond after – uh, after that defeat against Hattiesburg, see what the, how they bounce back against West Harrison. Uh, another team from this past Friday night, the Picayune. Picayune Maroon tied 5-2 and two, uh, overall, 3-0 and oh in the district, defeated uh, Stone County 36-21 to 21 right down here on the boulevard on the campus of, uh, of Picayune. So, big win right there for Picayune. Uh, had some turnovers early in the game, talking to some people Saturday around uh, Picking kind of struggled a little bit early, turning over the ball, uh, but finally got their feet under them and was able to pull out the win, 36-21. Yeah, went into the locker room, Jeff, with a with a decent little lead. And then um, from what I've heard, they had a couple touchdowns that were like just on the verge of scoring. And Stone, following the plays, were able to punch the football out. So really some game-changing uh, two fumbles when Picayune was going in for additional scores, which credit Stone on, on that type play, right. you know, giving a max effort and not quitting. That's what we would expect from a, a Coach Feaster-led club. And then uh, 
on the other side, Coach Dodley and that Picune staff um, just have have a really good team. I mean, you look at Picune off to a five and two start, as you mentioned. Those two losses were six A losses. They're three and zero in a really good region. They have all their are you know what you would think their preseason goal still laid out perfectly in front of them as well. You look at that region, Jeff. You've got Hattiesburg at three and zero in region play, Picayune 3-0, then you go Gaucher 2-1-1, Wayne County 2-1-1, and, and then kind of that next layer, Stone at 1-2, PRC at 1-2, Long Beach 0-3, and, and West Harrison 0-3. So really into the meat of these region schedules, kind of finding out who's who um, and going to be – very fun to watch as, as these lay out and you start playing for uh, playoff bursts and playoff seeding. Yep, and we know there's still a lot of football to play, but if you look at it, uh, it could be Hattiesburg 1, Picking 2. Not really saying that's what it is, but that's the way it could lay out. But then anywhere from uh, Gaucher down to PRC, you're fighting for 3 and 4. And I say that even though you're 2 and 1 and then 1 and 2 in the district, there's still hope. Like I said, you have to take care of – uh, your business, and then, like I said, every every year at this time, have help from uh, somebody else to to make it into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Going to be uh, interesting to keep an eye on that region. When you look at Popperville's region, Popperville two and O, Lawrence County two and O, Summerall, who's coming to Popperville this week, one and one, Green County, who is really right. good, one and one, Purvis zero and two, and then Forest County zero and two. So that kind of gives you a look into that. 4A region that Popperville competes in. You look down the coast, uh, head coach Seth Smith, uh, we're fortunate enough to have him as a guest on the podcast. They're rolling. They, they're playing really good football. They're 6-0 and and 2-0, and and therefore a, a coast region uh, along the way there. So um, not saying that it's going to happen. It's really early for this, but we're broadcasters, so we can look <laughs> way ahead. We can speculate. That's right. Possibly. Uh, another uh, Hornet Bowl could be a rematch of those two, and what fun that would be! I believe that game would actually take place over in Hurley. Um, if you can actually go back and watch the Hornet Bowl from last year on YouTube, right. that 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 ball game was so fun, <laughs> and, and to, for that potential matchup to be out there lingering is, is cool for sports fans here in the South Mississippi. You know, and if that matchup uh, is able to occur once again, the Hornet Bowl. The you said it would be down in Hurley, and that game is the day after Thanksgiving. So what a way to spend a holiday weekend to have two quality ball clubs like that if everything works out to match up once again for the South State uh, Championship. So you speaking of some coast teams, uh, I was going to move right down the coast, talk a little bit about Hancock. Um, like you said earlier, a friend of the podcast, head coach Neil Lawler. Hancock had a, a, a tough defeat this past Friday night against Gulfport, 49-42. to um, well, it's going to be interesting to see how Hancock bounces back after that tough defeat. They faced the Iberville this coming up, uh, this coming up Friday. But Hancock, after a tough loss, forty nine forty two, Clay. Yep, you look at that six A region on the coast, Jeff. You've got uh, Gulfport, as you just mentioned, beating Hancock. They're three and zero. They'll face the three and zero Harrison Central Club this week. So that's a pivotal matchup in the 6A Coast region. You've got the Iverville sitting there at 2 and 1 and Ocean Springs sitting at 2 and 1. St. Martin's kind of falling on hard time since uh region play is open. It will be interesting in that region to see who uh the four playoff teams are cuz that Coast region 
has to try to go represent around the Jackson area in that first and second round matchup. So very interesting to see what the coast can send forward for 6A. We've heard, you've heard some guests on this podcast, Brandon Shields, Jake Wimler, talk about like, okay, when you're talking coast football, the 4A definitely holds its own. 5A Picunes routinely pass the second round of the playoffs. They're, I mean, they're, they're known across the state as a contender each year. But 6A football since Katrina down here on the Gulf Coast has been tough. So what can 6A put out to try to compete from this area for the state playoffs? Yep, and another uh, game of, of a game of note this from this past Friday goes back to the 5A um, region into the Hattiesburg and Picking region was Gauthier. Gauthier winning uh, 49-14 over West Harrison. Gauthier, a, a club that's – improved from last year as they're setting two and one right now in the region so a uh, big win for Gauthier it's going to be interesting to see like I said well who's going to who's going to fight for them uh playoff spots as football you know starts come I say coming to an end there's five weeks left six weeks it depends on what region you're in and how many more games but it's all going to come down to uh to just handling your own business and playing football yeah great time to follow high school sports is in the heart of these uh region schedules um one of the finer football games in the state will be Friday night there in Popperville. If you can't uh, can't get there, uh, follow us along on the WRJW app, and you can listen to our broadcast as myself, Jeff, and Jason Baker will bring that action to you. And that should be uh, just a heck of a ball game. Yep. As we're recording this podcast on a Sunday morning, we're going to look back to uh, Saturday. Saturday, uh, NCAA college football action. This portion will be brought to you by – advantage insurance company and play the first one i have on my list is of course everybody talks about them if you're around this area you're sec heavy with lsu mississippi state and old miss right here close uh but alabama rolling 65 to 31 over arkansas alabama sits and oh number one in the nation which you don't expect anything different from a nick saban led team uh alabama wins at 65 31 they'll face missouri who comes in at three and two uh, so Crimson Tide seems to be uh, seems to be rolling over there in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, unreal, really, what they're doing. When you look at Tua's numbers, I think he was like ten or twelve at one point with four touchdowns and a ton of yards. The I mean, sixty-five, thirty-one. That sounds crazy. It wasn't even that close. I mean, they just blew Arkansas out from the jump. <laughs> it's just nuts. I saw something on uh, social media yesterday that. Maybe instead of the playoffs, they could split that squad up, let Hurts, Jalen Hurts have, <laughs> have quarterback some, one yeah, and Tua do the other and let them play a couple times, see what uh, they come out with. But if you followed college football, people know this. Even as dominant as they right. look, something silly is going to happen. You know, yep. you just hold on. Something – and I'm not saying Alabama's going to beat, but when you, when you look at the structure of this and the playoff system, there's going to be some shakeup up top and uh, – what a fun game to follow. Really, to me, Saturdays has taken over. You know, Sunday for a long time, the NFL action was, right. uh, as we kind of came up, kind of dominated. Uh, but college football began to catch a ton of momentum, and that momentum I really think has surpassed uh, NFL football. I think this is the, the ticket on the weekends here is the Saturday action. You know, and another game of note, uh, fans of the podcast out there, LSU, they come in yesterday number five in the nation uh, falls to Florida, twenty-seven to nineteen. LSU now five and one uh, overall. So, going into that ball game, 
there was some expectations for LSU. Some people were talking about their offense. Their defense was keeping them in all the ball games they've played in so far this year. Defense kept them into this game, uh, but fall 27 to 19 as they have to bounce back and face another SEC East team, Georgia, this coming up week as they're getting into SEC region play, whether it be East or West. We know LSU and Alabama and them are on the West side of the SEC, but they also play the the SEC East team. So LSU fall into an SEC. SEC East team right there, 27-19. to 19. Yeah, and you, you brought up an interesting word there in describing LSU expectations. Before the year, a, a lot of national people and would say, and local, LSU's going to be down, can't figure out quarterback play, da-da-da. Then they come out, reel out some big wins to open, and the expectations go the total opposite. We're going to win a national championship. Right. We're going to compete with Alabama. And so – then to turn on uh, some local media late last night and then even this morning, now the sky's falling. So right. it's uh, that's a tough team. That's a week to week type club, and uh, Florida's pretty good, right? I mean, you they've gotten a loss to Kentucky, which they weren't happy with, but we saw how good Florida was against State last week. So. Um, <laughs> You'll find out pretty quickly when the schedule makers had you go Florida, Georgia, back-to-back weeks, exactly what LSU is. Well, and Florida's, uh, I say new head coach, Dan Mullins, no stranger to the SEC. He come from Mississippi State, but he was at Florida under the Urban Meyer era down there. So he's, he swapped schools, went from east to west in the SEC and then back to the east from Mississippi State to Florida. So no stranger to SEC play, so you know his notebook is full of, of things that uh, that he is going to see and things that he's going to implement with his opponents in the SEC. Another game of mention staying in the SEC is the uh, uh, Kentucky Wildcats. They went into this weekend number 13th in the nation. Uh, they were 5-0, and uh, but then they fall in overtime to Texas A&M 20-14. Uh, as you mentioned, Kentucky beating Florida earlier in the year and then beating Mississippi State. So, Kentucky seems to have that program turned around with Coach Stoops uh, up in Kentucky. But fall in overtime to 20-14 to against the uh, Texas A&M Aggies. Yeah, it's interesting. Kentucky kind of looked like what I thought Mississippi State would look at like throughout the year. Played good defense and have just run the ball really well with Snell in the backfield. Uh, that was a tough loss, though, yesterday. They get going, get a ton of momentum, and then – an A&M team that has been close. I mean, that that's a good A&M team. They've been close in some games that show their quality. And so, um, typical SEC-type loss. You face a teams that are pretty even regardless of record, and uh, Texas A&M get, gets Kentucky. Yep, Texas A&M, as you mentioned, uh, outlasted Kentucky 20-14 to in overtime. Another game from yesterday, Auburn. Uh, Mississippi State, Auburn coming in eighth in the nation. Mississippi State uh, pulls out the win, 23-9, to in kind of a, an impressive fashion, so to speak. The offense for Mississippi State moving the football, something that they didn't haven't really done the past couple weeks against Florida and then Kentucky. But Fitzgerald for Mississippi State kind of – that's not kind of – he is the ringleader of that offense, running the football and passing. A uh, big win for Mississippi State coming in off of an 0-2 SEC start against Florida and Kentucky, but big win against Auburn 23-9. Yeah, and what they did, Jeff, they dominated the line of scrimmage. That's, that's what has gotten them uh, beat between the line of scrimmage play on the offensive line moving people and then penalties, and they ran right. the football. You know, you follow uh, State – 
uh, social media, which we do. It's our job to kind of keep up with what's going on uh, around us and some guys that we've had on this podcast. And they're screaming through Twitter, run the football. Well, they gave it to Hill, and then they called the quarterback's number a lot yesterday, and it worked. Coach Moorhead, an offensive genius, you don't have to be. Just run the football, right. you know, jam it down people's throat. And with that defense, you're going to stand a pretty good chance. And, and look, I'm a Southern Miss guy, so I watched uh, Southern Miss compete really well against Auburn, and I was proud of that effort. And I'm saying all that. I'm not sure exactly how good Auburn is. Right. And I'm not uh, trying to dismiss this win at all. But we'll find out exactly as weeks go by exactly how good that Auburn team is as well. Yep. And Ole Miss yesterday, uh, big win uh, against Louisiana Monroe, 70-21. to We've seen high, big numbers like that a, a few times this year from Ole Miss. The offense can – can score points for Ole Miss. The defense has some struggles at times, uh, keeping people at bay um, as far as you know, keeping them out the end zone. But big win uh, for Ole Miss, seventy to twenty-one, as they get ready for Arkansas this next week. Yeah, you look at Ole Miss yesterday, Jeff. Over eight hundred and twenty total yards in a football game. That's a good couple weeks, right? I mean, eight. And look, Louisiana Monroe's not very good, which hurts me because they beat Mate, right. they beat Southern <laughs> Miss in front of my own eyes there at the Rock earlier in the year. But seventy points in the offensive uh, numbers that Ole Miss put up, the wide receiving crew kind of showed up and showed out. Which that that offensive unit is so good; those wide receivers get a ton of pub, and you hear each and every week they've got first rounder. To me, the way they've looked the last two weeks is like kind of a little front-running bunch because right. they didn't show up in Death Valley. You know, they, they were overmatched both teams, but now that wide receiving crew should have been able to compete against good defensive backs from LSU. And they – Right, they did they, they did they didn't show up. And then pile up over 800 yards against the team that you jump on. It just kind of makes you wonder, like, the, the competitive spirit and, and some different things that you look at and quality teams, and um, Ole Miss going to go and play Arkansas. That will be an interesting game, Jeff, because Arkansas isn't very good, you know, not very good there. And so how will Ole Miss compete? How will they uh, play against a down Arkansas team? Well, the interesting thing about Arkansas, after yesterday's loss, they're 1-5 and five overall, but they put up 31 points against the tough Alabama defense. Now, of course, Alabama had the game, and, I'm, you know, there was some – Second stringers coming in and out. They were swapping people, but people can score on Ole Miss, as you as you know. Their defense is allowing touchdowns and allowing points, so that that'll be a, that'll be a good game to watch uh, right there. USM, the Eagles, they were off this week. Uh, another bye week. The the unscheduled bye week was against Appalachian State, and the Hurricane up on the East Coast uh, canceled that game, so they had two. Uh, by weeks. Uh, this coming up week, they're going to face a North Texas team, USM 2-2 two and two overall. North Texas 5-1. and one. Uh, So the mean green in North Texas, USM has to travel. That'll be, a, that'll be a good Conference USA matchup right there. Yeah, you look at that uh, west side of the Conference USA uh, standings, and it's early in those standings, but it's of note. Southern Miss 1-0. North Texas, even with that five and one record, Jeff, they're one and one in conference play. This is a huge game for Southern Miss. You look at UAB; they're currently leading that side at two and zero. Texas San Antonio two and zero. Southern Miss has them at home the following week. Me and Dad were talking uh, 
because you hear me refer to season tickets. They're dad's <laughs> season tickets. He just lets us ride with him. So when you look at that uh, matchup, these next two weeks are so right. pivotal for Southern Miss. If you could pull something off over at North Texas and then come back and get Texas San Antonio coming to the Rock, you you could really uh, put together something pretty cool here for Southern Miss. So that, this, this conference is wild to keep an eye on because uh, – North Texas got taken to the brink yesterday by UTEP. And UTEP, you think they're 0-5. They're not any good. Right. Well, they played Tex North Texas socks off. North Texas has a really good back, a running back that's out. So, uh, maybe they're not the same team. Let's see what the Golden Eagles can do against North Texas Saturday. Well, another interesting thing to mention as you was going over the Conference USA standings right there as far as, you know, U.S. Conference, conference play was UAB. If it was just a few years ago, they didn't have a football program. They just uh, got rid of it, disbanded it, and brought it back. But to see that ball club coming back, who, who's been known for football, they've been in USM's uh, district and at their house several times, but to see UAB coming back and what they're doing right now just uh, speaks volumes for that school, plus it, the, the Conference USA in itself. Yeah, they are really well coached, Jeff, and I've uh, got a – a lot of momentum building, and I left them out for a reason. It's hard for me to speak their name. They've <laughs> ruined so many things for Southern Miss when they shouldn't have, and now they're in a spot where they're where they're pretty good. So, well, let's get into some um, MLB action. That's that's all we have for the NCAA portion of the roundtable, and I, I can't help but not look across the table from my uh, co-host right here, Clay Sweet, and uh, to get into the MLB action, we'll start with. Some other teams, and we'll save the baby Braves for last. I don't want to see the disappointment on his face as the playoffs <laughs> have already started. But if you look at the AL side, um, let's start with Houston and Cleveland. Houston, uh, the rainy World Series champs, has Cleveland this first round. And uh, Houston uh, playing ball. Uh, the game two was yesterday, and I think you have some uh, some stats and maybe some scores for uh, from the AL side of that uh, that postseason. Yeah, Astros leading that uh, series, as you've mentioned, 2-0 over Cleveland. And the Astros are, are really good. This side, look, I'm a, I'm a National League guy uh, because, you know, they bat the pitcher and that's right. the way baseball's supposed to be played. So, whatever they do on this American <laughs> League side. But, anyway, this is going to be awesome. Right. You know, you look at what the Astros are doing to Cleveland, kind of expected that. But I'm looking for that round, that next round. Whoever comes out of this Boston-New York series, which is currently 1-1 after two really good baseball games, and, you know, that's going to be – I mean, the rivalry speaks for itself, uh, Boston and New York, and then the teams. I mean, Boston wins 108 regular season games. New York goes and wins over 100 games and then has to play in that the wild, card. The wild card game. They take care of the A's to even get here. But – Whoever comes out of that and face the Astros in a seven-game series, that's going to be an epic series right there. There's going to be two great teams in American League Championship Series. But just to slow down and enjoy the New York-Boston series, two storied in the rivalry and all that. But these two current teams are pretty even. Right. Uh, Boston put together a historically high win total, but – New York, they're not going to back off. and that you They're not afraid of that as they uh, won a game in, in Fenway last night. And 
some balls hit. Uh, Sanchez hit a ball last night, Jeff, that probably still hadn't landed. So uh, he hasn't hit all year and is picking right now to maybe start hitting, and that'll change the Yankees lineup. Well, and you you're, you brought up Sanchez, but the other two – power bats in that lineup is Giancarlo Stanton and then Aaron Judge of course everybody says here comes the judge he's got his own little section right there in at the Yankee Stadium with everybody wearing the robes and the old uh uh the judge wigs from the old English days and the gavel so uh one one series right there I think for the American side today is a travel day I think they'll pick up tomorrow back um they played Friday and Saturday so today should be a travel day so you should have the um American League picking back up postseason play tomorrow if I'm not mistaken on Monday and then let's get on over to the National League side I know you can't wait but we're going to start with the Milwaukee uh, Brewers who's a team that real good this year kind of a not really I wouldn't say a surprise but it's been a little while since they've been uh, in postseason play but the Brewers um, plays the Colorado Rockies and I think they they pick back up today as yesterday was a travel day for the National League that's right, Jeff. And just before we uh, move to that side, and this is just a side, um, if you're a, a baseball fan and you enjoyed uh, Moneyball, whether it was the book or the movie, um, I'm currently listening to Astro Ball, the new way to win it all. And it goes back. It, sports fans are familiar with the uh, Sports Illustrated cover uh, from when the Astros won it, and they ran the story saying, you know, this is going to happen at this time and how they broke everything down and rebuilt it. Well, this book is by that author of that article, and it goes way in-depth to the way the Houston Astros have rebuilt things, and that's the Astro Ball, the new way to win it all, and um, a great book. So that's a side for our sports fans out there. But, yes, the uh, Brewers who are uh, – who are a good club. Everybody's good at this uh, time of the year. And um, interesting for them and for the Brewers, or note, the guy that's going to get the start, a local and a friend um, to, to us because of his connections with Matt Reiser and also with Richard Emhoff. I believe Richard played uh, with this guy. He's a former Southeastern line, um, and he's going to – get the start tonight he's been really good for the brewers and so jeff gonna be interesting to to see how he pitches tonight yeah wade's coming in to start pitching uh i believe this is game three uh for the uh for the brewers uh so wade miley coming in uh, to get that start just in, it's it's cool to see and I say local kids. I'm not saying he's from this area, but he went to school at Southeastern. But and I, so we'll call him local uh, with the friends of the podcast that's been on and, and mentioned his name. So uh, Milwaukee leads that series 2-0. They have a chance to. They're at Colorado. Temperatures are supposed to be down a little bit. They said if there is a game uh, four tomorrow night at Colorado, first pitch temp's going to be like 30 degrees. So <laughs> I wish we had some of that in South mm-hmm. Mississippi right now, but. Uh, Brewers have a chance to close it out today at uh, at 4.30. I think it would be 3.30 Central. So, they have a chance to close that out, uh, leading two games to none. Yep, and then we get into it, Jeff. We've held off long <laughs> enough. The baby Braves, and I'll say this. Look, we, we've played two ball games and haven't pushed across the run. That's very disappointing in the playoffs. But like I've told everybody all week, I feel like this Braves team's playing with house money. I mean, we're we're way ahead of schedule. 
these guy, young guys are getting uh, reps in playoff baseball. That's exceptional. Now, would I like to go out to L.A. and at least win one? Yes. Would I like to score some runs? Of course. But just to see this Braves team so far ahead of where I thought they would be competing in the playoffs is uh, it's, it's very exciting. It's a lot of fun. I come back to to Atlanta and going to be – um at home tonight so that's that should help maybe let the young guys uh have some comfort there and then an interesting move uh midday yesterday guzman was scheduled to get the start for the braves and it was announced that they're going to go nuke him uh, a guy that who has had success against this potent dodger lineup and they actually shifted. They were going to give him a, a start in game four where they bumped him up. Some of the matrix and different things that these staffs look at now favor him. And so we'll see Sean Newcomb, yet another young player for these Braves, attempt. And look, you look at this Dodger team, Jeff, you watch them. They are with Machado. This lineup is brutal. So Braves on one side can't push across a run, and then the Dodgers with their power um, – have kind of flexed their muscles against the Braves and they're leading this uh, series 2-0. Yep, and then the anchor on that uh, that Dodgers pitching staff, Kershaw. Of course, everybody everybody knows Kershaw. So uh, them games uh, going to be played today, 3.30, the Brewers and Rockies on the MLB Network. And then at 7 o'clock on Fox Sports 1, you'll have the Dodgers uh, playing the Braves. So postseason baseball um, – Coming to fruition right here. Hey, and look, these Braves are young and right. ignorant. Look, they don't know that you're down 2-0, you're supposed right. to lay down. This uh, Look, it wouldn't shock me watching how well they've played from the seventh through the ninth inning all year long. This has been a late-inning team because they don't quit. Young, energetic. Uh, saying all that to say – the, I would be very surprised if the Braves just lay down at home. Um, haven't been a great home team. This has been weird with the Braves, as good as they've been and to make the playoffs. Actually, we're better on the road. But look for the Braves, that youth and energy, get back home, slept on beds last night, and uh, see what they do tonight. You know, and, and for people out there listening that, that do tune in and subscribe and listen to the podcast, sports fans, no, sometimes it gets forgotten. These divisional rounds are best out of five. So it says if you when you hear us say 2-0 or 1-1 or whatever, you think there's a lot more baseball to play. Well, technically there is, but they're best of five for the division rounds. Then it gets into seven for the championship and then best of seven uh, for the World Series. Yep, and uh, Jeff just don't want to leave out. He was actually your halftime interview uh, this past Friday night for our uh, going back to the high school level. Uh, slow pitch softball uh, head coach Ryan Jackson and his Popperville Hornets competed yesterday in the playoffs. Yes, I uh, had a, had the privilege of interviewing Coach Ryan Jackson, the head coach for the Lady Hornets slow pitch softball. Uh, won the district uh, or in the slow pitch side of, of softball and and hosted the first round uh, playoffs yesterday against Morton and won and swept them. It was a best out of three. They were going to all play all three games in one day if needed. Uh, but the Lady Hornets took care of business, won the first game, won the second game, and then they're on to the second round this week. So uh, just congratulations. I pumped it out on Twitter yesterday. Just congratulations to the Lady Hornets uh, slow pitch softball team and Coach Ryan Jackson, who's also a, a friend of ours. Uh, so great job by Coach Ryan Jackson. Yeah, and that Popperville community has supported us so well with the podcast and with what 
we do on Friday nights covering their club. It was the least we could do to make sure we got that slow pitch victory in. And, uh, Jeff, that kind of does it for the, the roundtable action, something I wanted to bring up for our listeners. Basketball is right right here. I mean, we're about to get started. So I just wanted to let our listeners know, of course, we're football heavy, and you've heard us talk about baseball. But we know basketball is coming. I love basketball, um, a passion of mine. And so we're going to get some previews for the local schools here in the county. We're going to get a preview from Pearl River Community College. Is there going to be – very good and then we hope to have some special guests on to kind of talk about uh, college basketball and also on the NBA side so we've got some stuff in store for our listeners as far as basketball just wanted to bring that up yep and you know you're getting the NBA season starts two weeks uh, so their regular season's gonna right now they're in a preseason form uh, but the NBA is going to get started in two weeks. As you mentioned, high school ball is getting started uh, later this month. And then, of course, junior college and college basketball is going to get started. And now to in this little portion of the podcast this time, Clay, it's just going to be talking about us, going to be uh, talking about talking ball, y'all, uh, where to find us, how to subscribe, um, how to get a hold to us if you have anything. And first of all, I'd like to mention our website. It's uh, talkingball.net. Uh, www.talkingball.net it's kind of in the beginning stages I say of the website we haven't really posted a lot of stuff we're going to get some pictures on there but uh, if you're out there listening and, and you would uh, you'd like to become a sponsor or ask how to become a sponsor ask some uh, questions about sponsorships there is a form you can fill out on there um, with a question and it will send us an email or you can email us directly at uh talkingballyall at gmail.com you can email directly we will get that and um we'll try to get in contact with you try to meet up get up and see what uh see what questions you have and see if we have the answers for it jeff uh what i would say too to that email is any suggestions uh recommended guests things that uh as you are listening we appreciate your listenership and want to keep that listenership so any suggestions you may have on the show um something you may would like to see us do differently we're at the at the baby stages of this i mean we're I believe 15, 17 something episodes in total for what we've done. Uh, the listenership has been phenomenal. The sponsors who have stepped in and helped have been incredible. But we want to hold people's attention and we want to keep the listeners we have. So, uh, Jeff, if you would give that email one more time, and I would say beyond just sponsorship, any comment uh, or suggestion that you have on the show, shoot us an email and uh, we'll we'll respond in some form or fashion and, and try to honor uh, honor your listenership by listening to you. Yeah, the email address, once again, is talkingballyall at gmail.com. Uh, like Clay said, just shoot us an email. We'd like to... Uh, like I said, we'll get up with you, read the emails. We always talk. I think Clay and I talk about three times a day on minimum. So um, besides doing the podcast and live radio on Friday. So we will get we will get together and, hey, any suggestions, entertainment, enter, entertaining any ideas that our listeners uh, would have would be uh, – we'll, we'll do that. And if you want to follow us on uh, social media, I have my own Twitter account. You can just look for Clay Sweet there on Twitter. Uh, Jeff has, of course, his own – Twitter account. You can just look up uh, Jeff Lassette there on Twitter and follow him. We push each episode out uh, via Twitter. And then Facebook, Talking Ball, uh, y'all has their own, own Facebook page. If you would go uh, follow, like, whatever you do on Facebook there, we 
that's the two ways we push out these episodes, y'all, is through uh, Facebook and and through Twitter. So it's kind of when you talk about grassroots and different things, uh, that's the way that you can find our material. We would rather you subscribe, Jess, if you would walk uh, walk our listeners through uh, subscribing to the podcast. Yep, and we also have an Instagram page, too, at Talking Ball, y'all, the Instagram. So we always push stuff out, like, and uh, send videos. You know, people, we follow sports stuff. We follow all kind of people around. So just uh, uh, you can like anything we put out there as well. To subscribe, it's uh, fairly easy. If you have an iPhone, you can uh, go to the podcast. Uh, we are on iTunes. You can go to the podcast uh, button on the iPhone, uh, hit the button, search Talking Ball, y'all, and click that blue button next to it, Clay, that says subscribe. You can subscribe and rate each show. You can also leave comments on about each episode in the show. Um, we are pumping the podcast out on Stitcher. Uh, we're pumping it out on the TuneIn app. It, it's on there. Sometimes it takes a little while on certain apps depending on the RSL feed. Uh, that we are providing we're also on soundcloud which is the host site i say where the rsl feed is coming from for the talking ball y'all podcast uh we're getting into the google play side of it uh working out some kinks and getting into that so we're trying to reach every platform there is with android and the apple the ios program so uh there's several ways to uh to go out and listen and find this podcast and I, I would just wrap up uh, by saying, once again, y'all hear me say this each week, but Jeff and I are just so grateful for the support uh, that we've received. We're grateful for the numbers we see as far as listenership. And, of course, we're very thankful to the people that have jumped on and uh, become sponsors of this podcast. So we appreciate being able to bring uh, something that we're passionate about each and every week. And that's sports, that's talking ball, and that's why um, why we're here, and we are, are thankful for you listening. And, uh, and until next week, uh, we appreciate, once again, you tuning in. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, brought to you by Mugshots, Katie Cake and Company, Pearl River Community College, Stonewalls Barbecue and Catering, Bank Plus, and Advantage Insurance Company. Stay tuned for more episodes in the weeks to come.